Hi, and welcome to Bliss This House, Home Organizing with Maria Grove. I'm Maria, your host. I'm a professional home organizer with years of experience tackling clutter and helping build sustainable organizing solutions in my clients' homes. This podcast will teach you how to have fun with organizing, build good habits in your home, and a little bit of design. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on this newest episode of Bliss This House Home Organization with Maria Grove. I'm your host, Maria. I am so excited to be joined today by Karina Corey, who owns CLC Homes. She's joining us all the way from Australia today, so we are very excited to have her and her charming accent. Um, I am really looking forward to this conversation because we're going to be talking about two of my favorite things home staging and decor, and also thrifting. So this is going to be a great episode. So let's get started. Karina, introduce yourself. Hello, having me. Yes, I am in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, my name is Karina. I am an interior stylist. I've been in the industry for um, 10 years, predominantly styling properties for sale. That's kind of my <laughs> bread and butter. That's what I do day in, day out. So styling for sale uh, staging like display homes as well but I do also do private clients who have you know renovated or moved into a new home and want to have that residence styled and lo- nice and homely so I do private clients as well so I love it I love my job I'm very very lucky to be able to do what I do I feel very grateful to have a have a, a career that is what I feel like my purpose is rather than just a, a job you know so <laughs> I'm very Absolutely. lucky yeah now, when you style the homes, do you use the homeowner's furniture and um, accessories or do you have your own accessories and furniture that you bring in? A little bit of both. So it depends on the property itself. Uh, it's a very, there's there's never one job that's the same. It's always different. So sometimes it is a family home. So maybe they are still living in the residence while it's on the market. So they'll have all of their furniture there. And then I'll come in and style with what they have that's existing that can be used. Sometimes, well, more than often, there's always some couple of things that need to be sort of taken away or stored you know <laughs> out of the out of the residence for the marketing period but for the most part we we try to use as much of their furniture as we can but I do tend to bring in little you know side tables and artwork and you know cushions and some of the decorative accessories but then there's a lot of part a, a large part of what I do is also investments or renovations that are vacant throughout the marketing campaign so though in that case then I bring everything in so I have have furniture come in and all of the accessories and it's a a full stage. So when you're working with a homeowner and their things are in the house um, you know I've worked with a couple of realtors who've had me go into homeowners homes and work with them you know from an organizing perspective because you can't put a messy house Mm -hmm. on the market like they don't even want to take pictures Um, so they they recommend taking something like 50% of your of your items out of the house. So when you're working with an, a homeowner, what is your standard? What do you recommend you take out of a house to get it ready for sale? Uh, usually a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot. A lot. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. It, and look, putting putting your property in the market in itself is quite a stressful process. There is a lot to do. Uh, it's yeah, I find that my clients tend to get quite overwhelmed because it's just like, what do I do? There's so much here, and we do accumulate a lot of stuff. You know, you know, the longer we've been in 
house. I find the longer, the more amount of stuff that we accumulate is there. So I generally say pack away as much of the things that you don't use. So anything that you haven't touched in six months or you're not going to be touching in the next two months, like with kids, if you've got kids there, try to take out, you know, be selective of what toys and stuff you leave behind, but really pack away a lot of the things that you aren't going to need in that sort of six to eight week period while the property is on the market put it in storage but we want to remove anything that's um super personal so what i say is that we want the properties to have personality but not be personable because we don't want the potential buyers that come in they don't want to feel like this is someone else's house they don't want to be reminded of the person that lives there even though we know most of the time it's not a brand new home people have lived there it has a story which is beautiful but from a psychological point of view, we don't want to feel like we're intruding in someone else's space. We don't want to be reminded of, you know, having all the family photos on the wall saying, here, I live here, this is my home, and having all of their personal belonging, belongings around. So whether it is used, you know, old shoes at the front door or um, personal hygiene products in the bathroom, things like that, all of that stuff needs to be put away and, and really yeah removed if you're not going to use it but definitely put away in the cabinet and cleaned um cleaning is like so so important and I think I've definitely been to properties that have not been uh cleaned enough <laughs> I'm like have you had this cleaned yeah yeah we've had it cleaned I'm like don't mm-hmm. you know to maybe come around once again because the thing is like if there is a toothpaste splatter for example on the mirror in the bathroom it's a huge red flag for people because it's such a distraction so people are going to see that and they're going to think oh god these people can't even be bothered to clean the toothpaste splatter off the mirror they know people are coming in to look at the home they're lazy enough that they can't even bother doing that simple task what other maintenance issues are happening in the background that we can't see that could potentially cost us thousands down the track you know in hidden costs we don't want this to be a money pit we want it to be a well looked after well-maintained home with good bones so if there is a lot of mess going along that then it just kind of it's red flags for people so it needs to be so clean that you can eat off the floor and lick the shower screen like it needs to be spotless wow and going back to removing personal items family pictures are the first thing to go is that right Usually, yes. Yeah. Family pictures are gone. Um, I actually have a whole list of things (laughs) to remove from each room. But yeah, family photos, anything that is, I find too that a lot of, a lot of clients, and I don't know if it's surprising or not, I still get a little bit like, really? But there's a lot of like nude art. (laughs) I don't know if that's just where I live. I don't know what's, but there's a lot of nude art and it's not always like um, lewd, like it can be quite tasteful, you know, like the line art would be quite um, beautiful, but anything that could be potentially controversial should be put away uh, just because we want to appeal to the absolute most, the widest orders that we possibly can. We don't want to offend anyone or make anyone feel uncomfortable in the home. So anything that even though you think this is a beautiful piece of artwork, like how could anyone be offended by it? Um, you just don't know. And it's it's something that's like borderline controversial. It's just safer to just put it away and find another option. That's great. Well, I have a funny story. The the first house that my husband and I ever bought, we were it was right before our wedding. We bought this house. Um, we walked into the house. It was beautiful. It was you know the perfect starter home for us. We learned 
that um, the people who were selling it um, had four small boys. So we weren't really expecting too much, but we walked in, it was immaculate. Everything was perfect. It was clean. The toys were put away. You wouldn't even, wouldn't even know there were children in this house. Uh, there was a candle burning, everything was great. And so we were walking up the stairs and on the front window, which was on the second story, there was a stray sock. And so you can only imagine <laughs> that some child had just thrown the sock and the mom in her haste to get everybody out of the house didn't notice the sock. It was hilarious. I still remember that of this, this poor woman who worked so hard to sell her house <laughs> with four boys under the age of eight. And, and this poor kid, this kid who threw his sock up on the second story. <laughs> <laughs> the poor woman. Yeah. That would have been, you can, uh, look there's certainly things like that where you, you can we're still human we understand we get it like stuff happens especially if you've got young kids like yeah that's quite quite amusing <laughs> yeah I mean I still bought the house can, I mean you, you know I returned the sock to her it was fine happened. yeah <laughs> oh gosh um, that's funny <laughs> so, yeah so how did you start your business so I worked for a pretty large company here in Melbourne, one of the the leaders in property styling and staging and display homes. And I loved working for them, um, but I started my family and I have two young kids. And once I had the babies, I just, I wasn't interested in going back full time and uh, having the kids in, in childcare full time. And that just wasn't, it didn't suit me, didn't appeal to me. So I wanted something with a bit more flexibility and so I started sort of working for myself, doing consultations and things for people and just started to sort of get the business going. I had clients lined up. It was all good. <laughs> and this was in um, 2019. So things were happening and things were starting to sort of, the ball was starting to roll. And then um, COVID hit and the pandemic happened. And <laughs> um, I'm, I live in the most locked down city in the world. We were locked down a lot. Um for a very long period of time and a lot of businesses unfortunately went completely under and business stopped for a lot of people so I just kind of went you know what all of like all of the jobs I had lined up all cancelled or got you know put on the back burner that was it it was done um so I was at that point I was pregnant with my second anyway so I just thought you know what I'm just gonna hubby's still working with fortunate there I'm just gonna focus on the babies and not worry about trying to do anything with the business right now we'll just let this whole thing blow over and see what happens so um as soon as that started to you know we saw the light at the end of the tunnel after all of the pandemic stuff we I sort of went okay now now's the time to get back into it and really give it my all and focus on it so um yeah it's been about a little over 12 months now of just like full in it fully in it like guns blazing <laughs> this is my this is my I'm going to do this properly and um, it's been great that's wonderful well let's shift gears a little bit and talk about my favorite subject which is thrifting um I yes. um just I'm a huge antique shopper I just love going to antique stores and finding everything and just going to thrift stores and like up selling, you know, just like up purchasing and finding things to, to upcycle um, in my home and, you know, finding these treasures. So when you thrift, where do you go and how do you use them? So the, the number one place nowadays is 
marketplace for me. <laughs> I the Facebook marketplace is such a beautiful um platform to really find some good bargains. You have to be quick. Um, you have to be on the bargains really, like if you jump on them really quickly. But the other place that I used to, so I actually years ago, I don't think many people actually know this even in my in my world, but years ago when I was actually studying my diploma for design, um, I had a little hobby business on the side where I was upcycling furniture and I would take it to markets and things and sell, <laughs> like have them repainted and everything and, and sell them at markets. So I back in that, that was probably like no that was about 11 years ago now which oh my gosh I've just done the maths quickly in my head um quite a while ago (laughs) and um yeah and that was a little bit different in that everything wasn't quite so online then so in those days it was garage sales um a lot of antique stores and things like that I think even in the past 10 years a lot of the antique stores are now a little bit overpriced it's harder to get a good bargain at an actual like antique store now because they they're all pretty good with the market value but (laughs) it's a lot of garage sales and marketplace for me excellent okay so garage sales and marketplace yeah I I definitely um and I'll put those in the show notes so people can be reminded I love trolling Facebook marketplace these days for some of the best finds and it's amazing Mm -hmm. I just put it I just put in a radius of around where I live and I say, I'm only willing to travel 30 miles. And some of these things that pop up that are within 30 miles of me come up and it's amazing what people have in their homes and are getting rid of. And, you know, I'm really trying to not stuff my house full of things, but (laughs) if I, I was recently redoing my um, office and I was looking for a credenza and there were just so many out in the world and I could, and you were right. Like I could buy one totally done like a mid-century modern one, if I wanted one, or I could buy one and refinish it. And I, I don't know, am mm-hmm. I, am I the type of person who refinishes furniture? That's so exciting. <laughs> what does that entail? It's, exactly? it's often, I know I get very excited too, where I'm like, Oh my God, if I send that back, and then I put like a gray wash or white wash on it. It's going to look beautiful and I can do it. So I get very optimistic with my plans for all of these pieces because I've currently got three, so two, two dining tables and a large bookshelf sitting outside ready to get uh, well, kind of half worked on. Um, and I just don't really have the time. So <laughs> a little bit, uh, I get a little bit ahead of myself. But yeah, there are so many options. And even with my clients as well, Marketplace is one of the first places I actually go to look for them because it's great not only is it great for the budget uh it is great for landfill environmentally because we're reusing we're not you know buying uh fast instead of fast fashion like fast furniture um which often just doesn't last so it's beautiful to have a piece that again comes with a story too so I put a credenza in um, a recent client's uh, job of mine in her, her main bedroom, she needed somewhere to store all her sound bowls and her beautiful pieces to, you know, to display them all. And uh, yeah, I found an, an old mid-century modern credenza that has was from the 60s and um, was in beautiful condition and it had one owner, it was well looked after. Um, it was $100, which was a bargain and she loves it and when I went to pick it up you know you have a chat with the people and they tell you about it they said this was my mother's and I've got stories of her using it for a wedding china and it was well loved and so it, it's beautiful to have a piece like that that you can that you know has been cherished that's not going to just end up in landfill and you can you know give it some love and clean it up and 
use it for years to come rather than buying something, you know, flat packed from Ikea, which don't get me wrong, I do have Ikea stuff as well. But I think the more that we can reuse where we can, I think it, it, it's for the better. Absolutely. I think that sustainability in our industries is so much more important. Um, we really need to be talking about it. And I love that, you know, you're contributing to um, slow furniture. Um, I, I really yeah. love that. It's um, it's it's wonderful keeping these pieces out of the out of the landfill. So you use these pieces mm-hmm. in your staging. Do you also refinish them and then put them in your client's home or do you refinish them and sell them or is it all just part of your business? It's a little bit of everything. So I have things that are there that I plan to use for myself. Ah. <laughs> and then there are definitely things that I have for in my stock, like for staging. Like it is, there's a quite a few things in my stock that I have bought from Marketplace secondhand. So I, I guess I'm fortunate in that I've worked in the industry for so long and, and buying furniture and dealing with furniture is something I do day in, day out. I'm very on top of what is on trend, what price point is a good price point, uh, what kind of furniture is going to be able to be used in multiple properties. So that's one of the things when we are purchasing stock and, and things for staging is we need to purchase things that are going to be quite um, multi-purpose and going to appeal with a few different, different, like a few styles and a few different homes so that we're not just going to use it once and then never use it again. We need to be able to get that return on the investment on the piece. And the cheaper that item is, the more money we can make on it from like a business point of view, right? It's a business at the end of the day, we have to make money. So uh, I'm very on top of like what is going to work and what I can use uh, more like over and over again. So I definitely do have pieces that I have from Marketplace because I am always on there and I'm always searching things, you know, I'll just go like side table or, you know, dining table, or I'm very broad with the terms that I use to search things. And then I always head to the free section as well, because you never know what kind of um, great, great things people are giving away. <laughs> That's great. So what kinds of trends are there? What if if you're on Facebook Marketplace and you're a thrifter and you are looking to make some changes to your home, what would you as a professional recommend that we be looking for? So definitely solid timber pieces. So things that are made uh, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, anything before we got to the uh, flat pack era. (laughs) Okay. So anything that's Solid. Uh, mid-century modern is hugely popular at the moment, even here in Australia and America across the board. It's quite a popular style for people. Um, so anything that's mid-century modern will always do well. And they're usually really good quality pieces anyway. That's one of the main attributes of that whole style is like well-made furniture. So anything that is solid timber, sorry, my cat's just uh, jumping up here, <laughs> wanting to say hi. Welcome. Uh, so anything that's solid <laughs> anything that's solid timber I try to stick clear of uh, veneer so anything that looks cheap or is not genuine so there's certain things where the veneer is where you can see the timber grade repeated constantly and it sort of has that yellowish look or it, it just doesn't look real it looks plastic so anything like that I steer clear of uh and anything that is like Ikea like I'm not too sure what other cheap brands are in America but here we have things like Kmart which is a huge um 
cheap furniture place, which is great for affordability, great for young families. But I think if you're buying pieces like that secondhand, you're just not going to get the wear out of them. They're not going to last because mm-hmm. they're usually pretty um, cheap. <laughs> right. And you were saying about the veneer, you want real wood. You don't want pictures of wood. Correct. Yeah. Because if you do want to refinish it, if it does have a few marks and scratches and things in it, it's much easier to sand that back and refinish that than it is to use a veneer. Like a veneer is just not going to give you that kind of uh, option, really. You're quite limited. Although there are ways to get uh, rings and things out of veneer furniture. If you do have um, a big watermark or a big coffee ring or something on the top of a table like that, you can use a damp cloth or a damp tea towel or a little hand towel or something. Put the damp cloth on the stain and use an iron with some heat, low heat on top of it, and it'll actually bring that coffee ring out, that water ring out. That's great. Thank you. Well, and I know that there are (laughs) certain um, paints that work specifically with like an Ikea furniture. So if you do want to repaint an Ikea furniture, I just redid my mudroom entryway and I took two Mm -hmm. old Ikea bookcases and I'm talking old. I think we had these 15 years ago and we bought them and they've been down in our basement. And I said, I'm, I'm going to use these. I'm going to paint them and see what happens. And so I went to my, Mm -hmm. um, I went to my hardware store and I said, I'm, I'm painting Ikea bookcases. These are not wood. These are, these are plastic. And so he gave me something with a paint with a bonder in it. And so I just used that and I was, I just wanted to paint them white anyway. So I painted them and I um, distressed them a little bit and they look great. And I use them for shoe storage now. Um, And Mm -hmm. you just have to have the right tools if you're going to have these certain products. Absolutely. There's definitely a bonding product. So I've definitely have repurposed and repainted IKEA cabinetry and things like that. There's like a bonding here. It's called BIN, B-I-N. It's like a primer and sealer. So you have to sand back, lightly sand back the veneer, put this bond on it so that the paint will actually stick and then you can paint over the top. So there's definitely ways to do that. I think because it was something that you already had existing, it was already in place. It was probably in great condition. You've looked after it. I think buying things like that secondhand though, having them like in transit can be a little bit tricky because they're moving a lot and the the joins on those furniture aren't as solid as something that's been handcrafted and handmade, you know, years ago. Things were made to last. So I tend to just avoid it because I've had instances where I have bought like a really bookshelf bookcase, bookcase (laughs) from Ikea and I've got it home and it's shifted and it's not like it's kind of wobbly and so yeah I've just I I personally tend to stay away from them now going back to home staging what are some of the trends that you stage your homes in so some of the design trends that you're seeing that really sell a home what are people looking for when they walk into a home so the main thing that we want to create is impact and space. So everyone wants to feel like their home is large and spacious and they've got all the room in the world. And living where I do here on the coast, um, it's definitely coastal style is probably one of the main ones and quite a contemporary style. So anything that's sort of modern, I tend to steer clear of anything that's super trendy um, because the the trend things, they don't 
actually appealed to most people. <laughs> Surprising as that may sound. Everyone's like, but this is what's on trend and everyone's buying it. And I'm like, yeah, but it actually only appeals to um one or two demographics it doesn't appeal to the older generation it doesn't appeal to a lot of people so I tend to steer clear of anything that's super trendy and go for minimal simple furniture a lot of blonde timbers um white uh, uh, white timbers as well like white painted furniture uh super clean lines coastal artwork because we live near the beach <laughs> so it's pretty makes common sense to use coastal artwork um, but anything that's abstract artwork as well um, works really well because it's it's sort of that nondescript. It has personality, but it's nondescript and it kind of, it, it does appeal to the widest amount of, you know, people. That's great. I love that. So you wouldn't be putting a house together in Grand Millennial um, because that just doesn't appeal to everybody. Well, yeah, and it depends on the property as well. So sometimes the property, to me, the property tells me what it wants, like what it needs. So I'm big on energy and I can and read properties. It's real. It sounds really strange to a lot of people, but no, not for at me, all. I've always been this way. Yeah, I, I, I don't see properties or houses as just brick and mortar building. You know, to me, they have um, a, a personality. They have a soul. They have, you know, energy. Everything, everything in the world is frequency and energy. Everything holds energy. So properties to me will tell me what they need like I can visualize it um instantly which is obviously why I'm doing what I'm doing <laughs> but it depends on the property so if the property's a Hampton style home then we'll use more Hampton style furniture if it's a mid-century property then there'll be mid-century furniture if it's just a standard suburban home that's quite nondescript um that could kind of lend itself to any style really um then I have a little bit more I guess creative flair to be able to bring in what I want, what I wanted to do, but generally it's still very contemporary, almost like classic and timeless sort of style because we want to really appeal to everybody. That's great. Well, um, so we're wrapping up and I just want to appreciate this conversation that we've had today. I love talking about thrifting and I'm so excited that someone else shares my passion for Facebook marketplace. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll see you on there. Um, so I have three questions that I ask all of my guests. And um, so what is your greatest accomplishment? And it can be either personal or professional. Uh, uh, so other than becoming a mother, which was something that I've always wanted, I always felt like I was meant to be a mum. So that's obviously a huge achievement and a huge job in and of itself. Like that's, that's a lot of work. Yes, huge job. That, but also my huge. <laughs> also my my business, which is another child on its own, really. And not something that I ever really thought that I would do. Um, so yeah, I'm quite proud that I've taken that plunge and and dove in and actually just did it. Because <laughs> it's a lot of work as well. So yeah, I'm proud of myself for doing that. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And I'm so glad I get to celebrate a fellow entrepreneur. So that's wonderful. And um, <laughs> Thank you. What is your favorite book? And again, it can be per personal or professional, something having to do with business or something that you just love reading. Do you know, this is funny because I don't actually, I haven't read a book cover to cover in so long because I just don't have the time. But 
I do read a lot of kids' books because my kids are four and two. So we're always reading. We read books every night, you know, for the kids. So my favourite book at the moment, which is actually, it's a kids' book. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's called The Lion Inside. Um, the Lion Inside, it's such a sweet little book about a mouse who becomes friends with a lion, comes over his fear and becomes best friends with a lion. And it's just the sweetest little book. It's illustrated wonderfully and it's just a really sweet little story. That's wonderful. Oh, a children's book. What a great <laughs> suggestion. That's so great. Thank you. And what's your favorite organizing tip? Uh, for me, with the young kids growing through their clothes so quickly, I actually have a large plastic um, storage container that I have that I leave underneath the table that I sort all the clothes in. So when I come across one of the kids' clothing that I recognize is too small for them now, I put it straight in that container. Um, so it's out of rotation. And then every so often I go through the container and donate or, you know, store potentially for another for another child. We don't know whether that's happening yet or not, but <laughs> if there's anything that I don't want to get rid of or part with, um, <clears throat> then it stays. But yeah, having having that box there so I can get those clothes out of rotation because my husband wouldn't know what fits and what doesn't. Yeah. And then so, suddenly um, somebody comes yeah. down to breakfast in a shirt that's three sizes too small for them because dad dressed exactly. them that morning. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So as soon as it's out of rotation, the better, because it just, otherwise it just gets worn over and over again. And um, seem to be the only one that cares. <laughs> the kids don't care. <laughs> well, you're mom, you're the only one who cares. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, so my Instagram is probably the most interactive, I guess. I'm on there all the time. So my handle is Stylist, which is the same handle for my Facebook and the other platforms as well. Um, my website is also www.clchomes.com.au uh, that has a list of my services and about me and past projects and everything. There's a lot of information on there as well. And I do also have online um, styling resources so I have an online styling course and I have other resources that I'm constantly adding to um, because I do also want to share everything that I've learned throughout my career and really help other women learn to style and, and up level their skills as well so there's a lot of tips that I share on my Instagram and an online course and plenty more things coming well, and when you and I started talking about doing this podcast together, I started following you on Instagram and I've been super impressed with your Instagram. I just, I love the color palette. I love all your tips. I just, I get so inspired <laughs> by your Instagram. So thank you so much for that connection. It's been great. Yay. No, that's good. That That's the goal is to, yeah, to have people go, oh, that's a good idea. I haven't tried that. And then give it a crack because there are so many things that I've picked up and I think you know I'm not I don't want to gatekeep I don't want to hold all that information the the industry the interiors industry can be quite um clicky and quite um isolating people don't really ladies don't really want to share all of their little you know <laughs> tip bits but um I'm I'm one that's like here you want to learn this here I'll tell you I'm an open book so I do do share a lot <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. We really appreciate it. I'm so glad we had this conversation. Thanks for joining me today. Um, you know, for our listeners who understand, Karina is in Australia. So that means it it is a totally different day in Australia. So she is living in the future. <laughs> she has not told me what yes. it's like in the future. 
Um, and I'm living <laughs> in the past and it's amazing. So um, it's, it's quite, it's quite exciting to talk to someone clear across the world and share this passion that we have for home and organizing and thrifting. So uh, what a wonderful conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks everyone for joining us today. I hope you got a lot of information out of this. I hope that you'll join us again soon. Namaste. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more, join my free and private Facebook group. In it, I offer exclusive content and unique ways to work with me. It's like having access to your own personal professional organizer. The link is in the show notes to so join today. See you on Facebook.